Welcome to Side Talks. The podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about cinema, but who are we? Well, I know who I am. Well, tell me who I am. I've been asking everybody. Nobody seems Your to know. Your name is Corey Okay, thank Kraft. you for actually using my real Were name. Were you aware of that? I Now I am. It's all coming back. This is like a regarding Henry situation. You know how you hear about those? I from do. Time I've time? seen that film. <laughs> the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about that film is Ritz Crackers. Oh my gosh. And if you've seen it, you know what I mean, and it's very stupid. Um, anyway, my name is Rachel Morgan. And uh, let's talk about movies. Let's do it. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Oh, boy. Start the clock, Brad. Go ahead and start it. We are fighting about a film that we both have seen fairly recently. Uh Finally. Finally, we're landing on something we've both seen fairly recently. What film is that? And go ahead and give me like a line or two about why you like it because you're wrong. Uh, okay, this movie's called The World to Come. Um, and your whole uh, Corey doesn't like <laughs> lesbian movies narrative of the past several episodes seems to have hit a brick wall because Bullshit. here Bullshit. we have uh, another sort of yearning lesbian romance along the lines of the great portrait of the uh, portrait of a lady on fire and the not so great Ammonite. See previous oh, five minute fight. Um, and this this uh, features uh, Catherine Waterston and Vanessa Kirby as two frontier pioneer wives who develop a deep connection with one another that turns into a romance. Mm-hmm. I know why you don't like this movie. Oh, you think you can speak for me now? I, I do. Well, you that you would don't track. like it because that would you, track, man. you don't like this movie because you think it is boring and talky. No. That's not actually why I don't like it. Okay. But I'm glad that you've made that prediction because it's going to it's going to lean me more towards winning. First of all, <laughs> it, this I'm telling you, I, it has not hit a brick wall because the truth is you do tend to like lesbian films that are period pieces yes. where the lesbians are like dressed up to their to their eyebrows and it's all very formal and da da da. No, these you are do me- like that. these are messy pioneer ladies. Oh come on! So they're not they're, they're not, not messy fancy. enough, and that's one of my complaints. But mm. but my big complaint here, my very number one top of my list, is that Vanessa Kirby who plays is Tally. Yep. Is absolutely fucking terrible in this. I don't Whoa, she is hot take. She is oh a, absolutely a hot take. She I don't believe her. She doesn't seem like wow. she's from the era. She nothing about she seems way too clean for that environment. Mm. And she and her delivery of the lines is is sterile and weird and almost like you know those really bad BBC lesbian yeah, films. Yeah. Like that's what it reminds me of. It, it the performance is absolutely terrible. Everybody else is holding their own, but she is really, really bad and doesn't look like she belongs in any of the scenes that's my main take and then my other take is while Casey Affleck is not a bad actor Uh and while he is fine in this he is a fucking predator quit casting him quit putting him in films quit doing it and why are we not talking about it every single time he shows up? This man has time and time and time again been accused. Hashtag, hashtag me too. Not me, but other women. And I'm sick of it. So that's my issue there. He's an EP on this. He also stars. And I'm tired of his ass. Well, I can't counter that argument, okay. obviously. Uh, I have nothing in response sure. to that. Neither um, does he. Well, sure. Um you know, I I just you know I appreciate this movie. You threw me off with that argument. I'm sorry. I, just, I did. I was not. Oh, expecting why am I that. apologizing? Oh, because I'm a woman and I do that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Wow. Now you threw me <laughs> off with that. Oh God. Um, I, I'm gonna need a couple extra minutes added to the clock here. Uh, okay. I that disagree with you with, about Vanessa Kirby, but okay. putting Vanessa Kirby aside right. because I think she's really good. Uh, 
she's a really talented actress. Uh, Catherine Waterston is good enough to carry this movie by she's herself. She's good, and she's and, and she's really interesting to look at, and I, I do like her. But this film is not good. It is monotonous. Mm. It is. Let me just go ahead and hit Sam with some points because I'm not even sure if he's seen it. But uh, it's it's the narrator reading from the diary. I love that boring, though. I love it. I love boring. it. Dollsville. That see, I thought that would be your main Snooze complaint. Fest. I thought that would be your main complaint. And the fact is, it was co-written by the guy who wrote the novel The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert mm-hmm. Ford, one of my favorite movies, setting aside again old problematic McGee, who stars in that movie and probably brought old boy onto the project right. in the first we got place. two problematic dudes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, you know, he's a great writer. <laughs> the screenplay, I thought, was wonderfully written, and I got a lot out of the voiceover narration in Lift. an almost Malikian sense, so I was on board. Yeah, it's not, and, and it ends, and it's pretty. It, it it is kind of pretty, but I'm going to tell you, it's so freaking cold. The cinematography is good, but it's so cold, and it's the film itself and the relationship between the two of them feels just as cold. There man, is, this is it, my exact problem with Ammonite, and you no, like that movie, but Ammonite is, doesn't have the same. I disagree with you mm. on that, and I would also say that where Ammonite kind of delivers some hope, this film just delivers like absolute. Oh, this is super depressing. This, this is a depressing sort of, and it also just it it has that vibe of just like what. What, what are we doing here at the end and why are we doing it? And in mm. this particular way that is like Thelma and Louise level of just like, ugh, gross. And on top of that, it is, it, the, I don't think there's a lot of great chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. I really, it just doesn't, it, it's not sitting with me. And then I don't want to spoil the ending too much for anybody, but yeah. there, there's like a sex montage that happens at the end, which by the way is the most interesting thing about the film. Not because it's a sex montage with two women, yeah, but, but because- but because it's different. It feels different than everything else. It but does. it doesn't work. Mm, That's- I, I, I liked it. <laughs> I, 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 li- <laughs> I, I liked specifically the break in the style that it represented at that point in the movie. There was something that made it all the more emotionally powerful for me. Yeah. No, you're wrong. Also, the ladies were like kissing and stuff. <laughs> and And... In their in their pioneer wear, <laughs> I really didn't like it. Really I didn't. I think that's a shame. I think it's a really good movie. I just have to say one more thing, which oh is that God. while I'm watching this, I'm watching this with my with my best friend Candace, and she turns. She has the. I'm almost like, should we start a segment in the podcast called "Things That Candace Says During a Movie" because there's a lot of them and they're yes. good. And she turns. Yes. Sam Sam's voting for that. She turns to me and she goes, "Hmm, Sundance must have been thirsty." that was at the 20 minute mark (laughs) i don't think she's wrong necessarily prefacing this with i actually haven't seen it yes rachel was right um but rachel says vanessa kirby is terrible in this and yeah though i haven't seen it that just seems believable it just sounds right why (laughs) um she's vanessa kirby i don't know and a 19th Century period piece, lesbian drama. I don't know. Just doesn't Thank you. doesn't match up. Thank you. Um, also agreed. Um, goes without saying. Casey Affleck just get out of here. When uh, when if he ever shows up to another set, he should just just be shooed away like a little ant. Um, Corey, uh, gonna say okay. So overall, Rachel convinced me that it's bad without me watching it. So um, debate skills win. Just plus two million points. But Corey gets a thousand points for that. Just I liked it at the end. Just simple and very well spoken. <laughs> And very eloquent. Um, and also, Corey is now not just a friend to all women. He is a friend to all lesbians, especially 19th century 
drama lesbian, dramatic lesbians, and he's the ultimate LGBTQ ally. Oh, God. Oh, well. You <laughs> just got God. that title handed to you by Sam. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Um... <laughs> I mean, I will definitely say that Corey is the is definitely a champion for all pioneer women lesbians. Jesus Christ! Thank you for what for such an honor. <laughs> oh it's my almost goodness! Almost as exciting as the Golden Globes. I watched every goddamn minute Oof. of that too. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked, and now they share with you. One of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. Hey, Corey. So we hinted at this a little while ago, and I've put you. I've given you some homework. Uh huh. And you you finished that homework. And, I did. And brought it in. And so we're doing a, a mini series on the podcast, a little mini mini segment that's going to continue for um, like thirty some odd episodes if we can make <laughs> it that long. Um, and it and and but it, then it will stop because what this is is we have both now assembled a list of our top two hundred films. That's right. Our favorites, without any real qualification to that, just. Here are films that, and you may have had your own reasons for putting them on there clearly, but this is a sort of like, if we had to list our top 200 favorite films, this is them. And we're going to, from episode to episode, kind of count down uh, by eight. So I'll I'll hit you with, you know, with my t- number 200 and you're h- help me with yours and so we'll go like that. Sure. Um, the, the little preface I want to say is that, you know, I know you've had a little anxiety about, <laughs> about mostly about ordering these, yeah. not about selecting them as much as ordering them. And of course, a list is ever evolving because who knows, you might, you know, you might see a film, you know, something like The World to Come that is terrible, but that you like, you might put that on your list. That's true. So, terrible movies in particular belong <laughs> on my list. So um, th- we want to acknowledge that this list is ever changing and that the rankings don't, you know, they're not going to be. They don't have to be written in stone, um, but you know they, they are where we've found things to be right now and acknowledging that there are probably some oversights. You know, God, there own, are probably so many oversights yeah. on my list. Oh, For no. sure. The interesting thing about when you get into the 200s, though, is you can kind of have some fun. The 100, you, you make a list of 100 feels like, oh, boy. But when you get to 200, you can kind of have a little fun. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to hit you with my number 200. Okay. And, uh, and that is a film from 2017, Baby Driver. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's a really good movie. Um, a really fun movie. My number 200 is another is a recent movie as well uh, from 2018, the sci-fi horror thriller Annihilation. Okay. All right. Doesn't hit anywhere on my list, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. My number 199 is one that you are going to probably – have a big fit about. Oh boy. Um, and I acknowledge I put this on my top 200 favorite list, but it is not a top 200 best films ever made list. There is a difference. Yeah. Uh, this is not a film professor list. This is a Rachel Morgan Hart list. And that is a film from 1985. Um, Joel Schumacher's St. Elmo's Fire. I mean, I, I, I mentioned in a previous episode that I haven't seen it, so I, I'm not going to be too Can't angry be too about mad. it. No, Can't be no. too mad. Can't wait for you to see that and for the five-minute fight. Uh, so what have you got at 199? Well, I mean, this is, an, you know, uh, just as much as that was a very Rachel Morgan pick, I think this is a very Corey Kraft pick, but in a different way. This is another recent movie from 2013, uh, a really mean existential neo-Western that nobody else likes, Ridley Scott's. The Counselor, written by Cormac McCarthy. The first time that film's made a list of any kind, um, 
Okay, so I will go with 198 here, a documentary we've talked about, actually more than one would think, uh, from 1997, Hands on a Hard Body. Yeah, another one that I haven't seen. Yeah, you got to see that one. Yeah. Uh, My 198 is Tim Burton's Batman Returns, the best of his uh, Batman movies, one of his very best movies. And, I mean, you got classic Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito in there. You can't go wrong. It's hard to go wrong there. Um, 197 is a film that's not going to make anyone happy. Everybody's going to be pissed off. And that is from 2016, The Greasy Strangler. Oh, my God. You are canceled. (laughs) Everybody's mad. Go ahead and end this podcast. What's your 197? My 197 is Peter Bogdanovich's What's Up, Doc? With okay. Primo Barbara Streisand. Basically the same movie as The Greasy Strangler. I, You know, there are one or two differences, but yeah. Uh, my 196 uh, comes in hot because it falls on my birthday. It takes place on my birthday, April Fool's Day. Nice. The film April Fool's Day and, of course, the date April Fool's Day. My 196 is Howard Hawke's classic screwball comedy take on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Ball of Fire. Wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah, Barbara Stanwyck, nice. Gary Cooper. It's really great. It's Very really cool. funny. Um, my 195 is a film that I have moved off and on my list many times because it is one that we have both acknowledged is overplayed and it feels a little like, you know, like that song Centerfold or something that you enjoyed as a kid, but then, you know, or in the Publix once when you were a teenager, but then it just got played too much. Um, but it's still good enough to make a list. And, you know, I've got to have some as much Holly Hunter recognition as I could possibly can. And your boy's in it, and that is Raising Arizona. That movie is much higher on my list. I would imagine. <laughs> we will cover it in several weeks. Right. If not months. So what have you got at 195? 195 is a classic haunted house movie from 1944, The Uninvited. Oh. Really, really good uh, black and white uh, gothic horror movie. Very cool. Well, my 194 is one that's been forgotten by a lot of folks, directed by Danny DeVito. And that is The War of the Roses from hey, 1989. All right. All right. I'm into it. Uh, you're going to hate this. Uh, 194 for me, uh, directed by my boy Jim Jarmusch, a movie called Patterson, starring Adam Driver <laughs> from 2016. Yikers. It's a really great movie. Well, I have now landed at 193, where uh, once you've said your title, we'll end, we'll end this part of the list today. Um, and mine is actually going to be probably one that's way up your list, uh-huh. maybe even in your top Fifty, and that is Roman Polanski's *Rosemary's Baby* from 1968. And yes, it does, it falls pretty far down my list, but it is there. Uh, way up on my list too. Don't remember exactly where, but it's. It, yeah, it might be top fifty. Yeah, I I'd, I'd have to look. It's, that's fair. I think that's fair. It's an amazing movie. Um, okay, my one ninety three is Mark Romanek's 2010 adaptation of the Kazuo Ishiguro novel *Never Let Me Go*. Very starring cool. Carrie Mulligan and Kira Knightley. I love great it. Great duo. Love the movie. Love the novel. Everything's great. Movies are great. Don't hold me to this ranking, please. <laughs> I know. You're, you really have a bunch of anxiety. Let it go. Let it go. I'm trying. Well, that's our that's our eight for this for this episode, or for really this you know for a little bit here, and we'll we'll revisit this list. But um, we would love to hear your top two hundred if you've got them assembled, or if you want to quickly get them assembled, shoot us um, shoot us your lowest eight on that two hundred list at podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Yeah, we want to hear those, and uh, we'll be back next time with eight more movies. 
you for listening to Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Melissa and Joan Rivers. Okay. okay. Stars of the Melissa and Joan Rivers story. I just, I mean, I just think of them from all the red carpet award show stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my Melissa and Joan Rivers knowledge. Cause oh. you know, you know me, I watch award shows. You should watch the Melissa and Joan Rivers story. I would be willing to bet it won't land anywhere on your top 200 list. I bet it won't land anywhere on your top 2 million list. It's very, very bad. I'm not even sure if I've seen 2 million (laughs) movies, so it might have to by default. Anyway, uh, thank you to Boutwell Studios for producing this show. Uh, Check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all that stuff. And thank you for listening. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.